Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Many Christians were persecuted and killed after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. One man by the name of Paul made it his personal mission to carry out these killings. One day, traveling to the city of Damascus, Paul had a miraculous encounter with God, and his life was changed completely. Paul became one of the greatest evangelists and missionaries of this world. He would later be responsible for two-thirds of the New Testament letters. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Come on, let's put our hands together for all the dads. Come on, if you're a dad, stand up one more time. All the dads in the house, come on, stand to your feet. Granddad's in the house, come on, stand to your feet. They're at the campuses. Come on, we just give you honor being a dad. One of the highest callings in life, amen? Great to see you guys. Uh, my name's Chris, one of the pastors here at Celebration. It's great to speak to you here on Father's Day. Pastor Stovall wishes you happy Father's Day as well. He is uh, going to Zimbabwe this week. We got a lot going on over in Africa at our Zimbabwe campus, so keep him in your prayers. And it's gonna be a great weekend. So I'm so glad that you guys chose to worship with us here on Father's Day. Uh, uh, we, we started a new series here, Unlikely Saints. Unlikely saints. You know who's an unlikely saint? Pastor Stovall. He's not here, but I can throw that out there. Uh, Y'all didn't know him in college like uh, I did, but he was definitely an unlikely saint. But there's lots, <laughs> but there's lots of unlikely saints in the Bible. We're going to look at uh, today. We're going to look at Paul. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Acts chapter nine, and then we're going to look at Philippians uh, chapter three. Acts 9, verse 9 says this, Then Saul, still breathing threats and murder. I mean, this language stood out to me this week. He was breathing, breathing threats and murder. I mean, he thought he was doing this for the Lord. But it says he was breathing, breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went out to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone round him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, who, are your, who you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goads? So the, a goad was like a pointed stick they used to prod animals with. We don't use that word a lot, goad. He says, so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? This statement to me, it just speaks of surrender. You know, Paul was, Saul here was persecuting the church and, and, and here the Lord, he calls him Lord. He says, what do you want me to do? Full surrender. The Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and he neither ate nor drank. And so three days Saul was blind. He didn't eat or drink any food. And so this was the conversion of Saul. We know him as Paul on the road to Damascus. Now, this is 25 years later, and on house arrest, he writes this letter to the Philippian church in chapter three. He says this, not that I have already 
attained or am already perfected. He says, but I press on. Come Everybody say, I press on. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I looked up this word, lay hold, and it means to arrest after a pursuit. To arrest. So Jesus chased Saul down on the road to Damascus. Some of you say that's what happened in my life. And he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He said, but this one thing I do. Come on, everybody say one thing. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. I wanna speak to you this morning on the subject, the one thing I do. This one thing I do at the campuses, this one thing I do. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for a great Father's Day weekend. God, a great Sunday. God, I thank you for all of those who just got up today to come to your house. And I just pray you bless them for it today, God. I pray you just breathe new life into them. God, they'd have a new revelation of Jesus, a first revelation of Jesus for some, some people, God. And our prayer today is we leave today changed and closer to you. And everybody said... Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about overcoming regret. We all have regret in our life. We've all said things that we didn't mean. Come on, y'all. We've all done things that we wish we wouldn't have. Who remembers going to their high school prom? Raise your hand. A lot of us should say, I'd like to forget that night. I understand. I, I understand. Well, uh, I went to my high school prom. It's been almost 30 years ago. And I sat next to a young lady in math class. And, uh, you know, I was, it was going to be our first big day. You know what my secret weapon was in math? It was uh, Dracar. Come on, it was the 80s. Anybody remember that? This little black bottle of cologne. And it would like, it would go over to her and she, could, she couldn't resist the, the fragrance of Dr Dracar. So I need to get some of that. So I, she should have got me some of that for Father's Day. So, so anyway... I got to stop. Okay. So any, anyway, our first, our first big date was going to be prom. And I, so I, I asked her to prom. I was so invited, so excited about taking her. And I worked at a nursery and I, I made minimum wage. You know, minimum wage used to be three thirty-five an hour. That's a lot of hours to save $150, you know? So we, we, me and some friends, we rented a limo. We were going to go to this Italian restaurant and it was going to be this big moment, this big night. I think I have a picture up here of our prom. You know what I noticed? Look how pretty Ashley is. Come on, give it up for my wife, Ashley. You know what I noticed? Look, look at the, t look, t look at the size of, look how high my hair was. It was like three inches tall. Come on, y'all. It was the, back in the 80s. I, I put product in it. Those are the glory. I miss those days. I haven't seen a hair dryer in a lot of years, you, you know? But that, you know, my, my first regret, I think, is the white tux, you know, and the pink bow tie. I remember we were like, man, we're gonna get white tuxes and pink bow ties. It's gonna be so cool. It's not. It's not that cool looking back, you know, almost 30 years ago. So we, we go to this restaurant, you know, Italian, and I think Ashley ordered like fried shrimp. That's what we eat in Louisiana, fried anything. Just fry it. It tastes good right? So the conversation just seemed to wane. And I, that, you know, I was trying to build this big moment, you know, the lights were perfect and the food was good and I didn't know what to say. And so I just said, 
aren't you finished eating yet? Don't say that. Don't, don't say that, guys. Hint, uh, give me some advice 30 years later. Uh, so I, that's one of the things I, I still regret. She still reminds me of that because what she heard was, you're eating way too much and you think I'm fat. That's what she heard. So she still messes with me about that today. Now, Apostle Paul in the Bible had much worse regrets than this, okay? You know, the scripture says he was blind for three days. And I've often wondered, what, what was happening in, in Paul's mind for the three days he was blind. What was going on? What, what do you guys think he was thinking about? I mean, he was pers- the scripture says he was dragging men and women, breathing murder and threats against them. I mean, he, he was at, St- at Stephen's, when they, uh, Stephen, the church's first martyr, Saul was right there. He was in charge of persecuting Christians. He consented to the murder of Stephen. And I wonder if during this time of darkness, he was like struggling with regret. If he was being haunted by what he was doing against Jesus, against his church. Then the scripture says in Galatians, he was three years in Arabia. I wonder what, when he was gone, I wonder if he was struggling with, with regret and overcoming this. And I wanna give you four ways to break regret. Four ways, if you wanna write these down, if you wanna take some notes at the campuses at OP, St. John's, I wanna give you four ways to overcome regret. The first way that we overcome regret is that we we have to break a past-focused stronghold. When bad things happen and we continually relive them in our minds, we develop a stronghold, a past-focused stronghold. Now, what's a stronghold? It's just a negative thinking pattern. A stronghold is just, it's a way of thinking that's wrong, but that's what you believe. You've just been believing this wrong thinking pattern. And so what happened is you continually relive an event in your life that didn't go, it wasn't what you wanted, it was a bad thing, it wasn't what you expected. When you relive it over and over again, whether it was a year ago, five years ago, six months ago, or 20 years ago, you can develop a past-focused stronghold. So the first way to overcome regret is to break a past-focused stronghold. How do you do that? I'm gonna give you some ways on how to break a past-focused stronghold. The first way that you break this stronghold in your life is that you have to have a more disciplined memory. You have to think about what you're thinking about. So sometimes we just rehearse, we just let, we just roll over in our mind and we're thinking about, oh, I wish this wouldn't have happened. I I wish I wouldn't have gone there. I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have made that decision. I wish I would have done this. And we just rehearse it and it just develops into a stronghold. The first thing you have to do is develop a disciplined memory. Think about what you're thinking about. For some of you, that's huge, right there. The scripture says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And so you're thinking about what you're thinking about. You're, you're taking those thought captives and you're saying, nope, nope, I, I'm, I'm gonna take that thought. I'm gonna, scripture says, in fact, Paul in Philippians 4, he says, if there be anything good, what? Think on these things. Think on, and so, you start, so you're gonna take that thought captive and say, nope, I'm gonna think on things that are good. You're gonna think on things that are good. You're gonna have a more disciplined mind. And that's life-changing for some of you. You're just gonna begin to think about what you're thinking about, taking every thought captive. Another scripture says, put on the mind of Christ. Begin to renew your mind. Be transformed, the Bible says, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. 
So much is happening in our thought life, in our mind, taking those thoughts captive. So the first way to break a past-focused stronghold is to have a disciplined mind. Think about what you're thinking about. Another, the second uh, idea to break this is to just laugh again. Some of us have forgotten, man. We've gone through a season and we used to laugh, but we've just forgotten what it's like just to have a good time and laugh with our friends. You ever get around a group of friends, maybe old friends, and man, you just find yourself laughing. And how many of you know something can happen in our hearts when we're just having a good time? We're just laughing. The Bible says a merry heart does good like medicine. It's like medicine to our heart, just laughing. Yeah, you know, it's good. Maybe some of you just need to laugh again. You, listen, you're taking stuff way too seriously. Now, there's a time for seriousness, absolutely. But there's a time, man, just to let it go. It's not gonna, God, how many of you know God moves in seasons? He takes us through one season, there's a new season. If we just keep focused, we just keep moving forward, we're gonna come into a new season. It's gonna be some laughter there. Come on, y'all. On Father's Day, come on, can we, can we laugh today? Can all the dads go home and... Laugh about something. <laughs> Jesus, how many of you picture Jesus and you don't really picture a guy that's laughing? You know that the Bible says in Psalms, it says he was anointed with joy above all his companions. Jesus was, that, you know, think about that. He was anointed with joy above everyone else. He said, I came to give you life and what? Life to the fullest, life more abundantly. That's, that's Jesus, that's the spirit of Christ. It's, a, it's full of laughter. So breaking a past focus, discipline thinking, learning to take these thoughts captives, learning to laugh. And then if you have some bad memories that keep coming up and instead of just pondering over this thing that happened and just dwelling on it, thinking about it all the time. In fact, you know, the Bible says in Isaiah very clearly, do not dwell on the past. How clear could it be in the scripture? Isaiah, he says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. He says, see, I am doing a new thing, but you're gonna miss it. Because why? You have a past-focused stronghold. He says, now it springs up. Now it springs up. Don't you see it? Don't you perceive it? He says, I'm making a way in the desert. I'm making streams in the wasteland, the desert seasons of our life. God wants to do something new. He wants to bring something new into our life. But if, we, if we're stuck in the past, we might miss it. And we just, God's trying to move us into a new season, but we're stuck in, a, in an old season. And so if you have a past-focused stronghold, you have a disciplined mind. You learn to laugh again. You don't take stuff so seriously, man. Sometimes you just gotta get around some people that just make you laugh. Man, it's not that bad. Come on, shake it off. It's gonna be good. God's still on the throne. He's still good. And then if you have some bad memories, you know what you gotta do? You gotta create some new memories. The best way to, to get rid of old memories is to create some new ones. You know, you ever go, your football team ever lose and you say, man, I hate my team, I hate football. I'm never going to a Jags game again, okay? But then they win the next week and you, you know, it's great. Hey, listen, I was a Saints fan growing up. If the Saints can win the Super Bowl, guys. Listen, listen, Jacksonville. If the Saints can win the Super Bowl, Jacksonville can win the Super Bowl. I'm just here to tell you, no doubt about it. We used to wear bags on our heads to the games. It was that bad. And then we were won the Super Bowl. It can happen, y'all. We just don't, don't give up. So listen, create new memories. When we graduated from college, uh, Pastor Sova and I went to college together at LSU. Now listen, he likes to tell these stories about being a bouncers at a bar together. He was a much worse sinner 
than I was. That's why the Unlikely Saints series, we need to put Pastor's picture as the logo. He was much, he likes to try to say I was bad, much worse sinner, notorious. You know how the Bible talks about a notorious sinner? Pastor Stovall, <laughs> notorious. So look, he said, we're gonna go fishing. So I had never been uh, offshore fishing before. So we got like 13 guys. We all, we got up in the middle of the night. We drove down to Grand Isle, Louisiana. It's down in, it's, it's no man's land down there. Venice, there's one road. It's like the end of the earth down in South Louisiana in the ocean, down there fishing. And so we got up at 3 a.m. We drove way down there. We got out on the boat. I was so excited to catch some fish. Never done it before. I'm telling you, 10 minutes in, I was so sick. Anybody ever been seasick before? I was horrible. I, I just crawled out, up, I crawled up on the top of the boat and I said, this is what I prayed. I said, God, if you just get me back to shore, I, I promise I will never do this again. Just please, I'm just up there moaning. Just please get me back. So then we, uh, we moved to Florida a, a few years, a couple years after that, I get this call. Hey, hey Chris, hey. Hey, let's go offshore fishing, man. Come on, let's go. You know, so I said, all right, let's go, let's go. So we go, we went out and said, I gotta see you again. But listen, I kept going and I've probably been fishing uh, 20 times since then. And man, some of my best memories of my life are fishing with Pastor Stovall. We have had so much fun over the years fishing. Taking my son CJ, he's here, Stovey being out in the ocean catching fish. Because when you fish with Pastor Stovall, it doesn't matter how big the fish is, he always has the same reaction. Oh, oh God, I got a huge, man, we're coming into something. This thing's gonna be huge. This is huge. It, you know, it's this big. You're like, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter how big it is, you know. And then it's even worse when you catch a fish. Because then he says this, this fish on, fish on. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Brooks, whatever you do, do not lose this fish. This thing's huge. <laughs> Some of my best memories of my life are being fishing with my son and fishing with Pastor Stowe. Listen, if think bad things have happened, you just gotta create some new memories. Look for ways to create a new memory in your life and you won't remember those old memories near as much. Another way to break a past-focused stronghold it's to develop a new vision for your life. You had a vision, but it didn't work out. That's okay. You thought you were gonna take this job and have this job your whole life, but now you find yourself unemployed. You thought that you were gonna marry this person, but it didn't work out. Listen, you just have to develop a new vision. Paul said this, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. What was he talking about? He was talking about when he was on that road to Damascus and he met Christ and Christ called him. He said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And he gave him a call to, to reach the Gentiles and Paul was obedient to the heavenly vision. Maybe you, you lost your vision and you just need something new. I just pray today, God would give you a fresh vision. Some of you are walking around in life, you don't feel like you should get out of bed in the morning. You know what it might be? a lack of vision. You need a new vision, you need a new purpose in your life. You don't have any power because you know what? When there's no uh, vision for the future, there's no power in the present. When there's no vision, where there's no vision for the future, there's no power in the present. You just need to pray and you need to get a fresh vision. You thought you were going this way and just because the many, you know, many are the plans of a man's heart, but the Lord determines his steps. 
you thought you were going this way, but now you're going this way and you just need to get a new vision in this direction, develop a new vision. And so that's how do we break a past-focused stronghold. The first way is to have a disciplined memory. A second way is to laugh. Don't take yourself so seriously. God's gonna move you into a new season. Get around some friends. Laugh again. It does good like medicine. Create some new memories. Do some fun things. Develop a vision. What could your life be like in a year? You could be married. I've seen it happen Quick, someone, God put someone into their life. They're so happy. You could have kids. You could have grandkids. You could have a ministry. You could make a difference here in Jacksonville. God could give you something. You don't even, how many, you know what God likes to do? He likes to bring something around that you never even imagined. Because he does exceedingly abundantly more than you could even ask or think. Amen? And you said, that's better than I even dreamed. That's God. That's what he likes to do. You couldn't even imagine it. And it was so good, but that's the plans he has for you. And so the first way that we overcome regret is that we break a past focus stronghold. This one thing I do, Philippians 3, I'm gonna break a past focus stronghold in my life. The second way is that we practice thankfulness and we concentrate on serving. And so some of us are thankful people and we like being thankful. We're known as someone that's thankful, but then something happens in our life and it, it, it hurts. And instead of being thankful, we've just drifted from being that thankful person. And I just wanna encourage you, if you wanna break a past focus stronghold, if you wanna break and overcome regret in your life, you need to practice thankfulness. Let me give you some help on how to do that. You just have to open up your mouth and open up your heart to God because the scripture says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. Some of you, you've just drifted from being thankful. I'm telling you, when you're thankful, God will use it to just bring healing in your life. I'm telling even this week as I was preparing for this message, I just said, God, I'm just, I just, and I began to just be thankful and just practice thankfulness in my heart and life. And I'm telling you, something shifts inside of us. It, I think it enters us into his presence. It opens up his heart to us. It opens up our heart to him. And so a couple of tips, just uh, spiritual thankfulness. You can just always be thankful for Jesus. Just thank him for, hey, have you ever thought, where would your life be without Jesus? Thank him for the Holy Spirit, the, the comforter. He comforts us. Thank him for the Bible. Have you ever thought, well, what if we didn't have the scriptures? It's a light unto our path. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a sword that we fight the enemy with. It gives us direction. It strengthens our faith, the Bible. Thankful, thankful for the scriptures. Thank him for Celebration Church. What a blessing to this city. What a blessing that this church is all over the campuses and all that's God. Thank, and then, then just begin to thank him for relational blessings. Just the people that he's put in your life. Don't take them for granted. Thank you for my wife. She didn't neglect me when I told her that she was eating too much 30 years ago. She still married me. It's a miracle. You know, but thank you. Thank for your kids, your wife, the people God has put into your life. Just, just began to be thankful for relational blessings, and don't take them for granted. I'm telling you, things will, thank, you know, I was praying this way, I said, I'm thankful for my coworkers, 
Man, I get to work with some of the, I'm just blessed, I get to work with some of the best people at Celebration Church. I'm thankful for all of them. It's a blessing to serve on the staff with them. I'm thankful for them. I don't take one for granted. Just begin to be thankful for the blessings God has in your life, the people that he's put around you. Thankful for your dad on Father's Day. And then just be, be thankful for material blessings. Just say, God, just rehearse through these things. God, I thank you that I'm healthy today. I've got a healthy mind and body to serve you. I'm out of bed today. Come on, has anybody ever spent some time in the hospital? Come on, it's no fun place to be, is it? We're, out of, we're not in the hospital on Father's Day. Can I have a good amen? We're healthy, we're strong, man. We can be thankful. I had a headache a few years ago for several months. And I tell you, even today, I remember and I wake up, I'll be like, oh, I'm so thankful I don't have a headache today. Anybody else ever been there? You've been sick, you've been hurt, and now you're thankful. Anybody been unemployed for a while? You didn't have a job, man, for a while, and now you have a good job, and you just say, man, I'm thankful to get to go to work today. Amen, I'm thankful for the provision of God in my life, material blessings that he provides for us. Thank you, I'm thankful for my truck. It's 10 years old, I'm thankful for my dog. She's massive, she's a bull massive, she's big, but I'm thankful for my dog, man, she's a blessing. Come on, y'all, just material. Hey, we live in Florida. Anybody? Hey, we could live in much worse cities. Can I have an amen? Jacksonville, the ocean, the St. John's. Come on, man, we live in a great place. Be thankful. And not only that, but concentrate on serving. Serve others. Here's what happens. You've gone through something in your life, and it, it, it's a curveball. And, and so, you know, you're not sure, you thought you were gonna go in this direction, it was where you were, you were headed, and now all of a sudden you're not, you know, and you're struggling with regret, you're struggling with something, or you said something that's thrown you a curve. One of the best things you can do is be thankful and then begin to serve. I'm, I'm telling you, just find a place to serve, because Jesus said this, he, he said, whoever wants to be the greatest must be the what? the greatest servant. He was very clear. Whoever is the greatest is the greatest servant. And he modeled this. He, he, the scripture says in Philippians chapter two, he took upon the self, the form of a servant. He humbled himself. He was the Lord, but he humbled himself and he washed the disciples feet. And he, he wore a uh, servant attire, slave attire. And he washed the disciples' feet and he said, I do this as your example. Why did he do that? Why was serving so important? I think it's the spirit of Christ. I think when we're thankful, something shifts in our heart. I think when we began to serve, something shifts in our heart and it can bring healing into our soul. You say, I'm disappointed. I missed an appointment that I thought I was gonna have. Listen, be thankful, begin to serve. When you begin to serve, you watch how it does something inside. Maybe you're just disappointed because the expectations that you had for your life aren't exactly working out. And you're, you've got stuck on, on these expectations. This is what I thought it was gonna be like. Listen, just began to serve. Just humble yourself. Say, I, I didn't know, but you know what? I'm just gonna serve. I'm just gonna make a difference. And you, you watch how healing begins to happen. You know why? Because you're like, you're like Paul now. You say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. You know what, you're, you're like Jesus, you said, not your will, not my will, but your will be done. You're just surrendered, you're just surrendered. I'm just gonna be thankful, I'm just gonna serve, and you, you, you watch how things begin to come back around 
and God's plan is greater and bigger than you ever imagined in the first place. Come on, y'all, give it up for the providence of God. Yes. And so being thankful, serving, it's how to overcome regret. A third way to overcome regret is to make a clean sweep. God will get rid of all your emotional baggage, your emotional junk, if you'll give it to him. Make a clean sweep. What does that mean? It means we're going, we, we go through something, it's like we're, we're free falling. It's like we, we, we've lost control. We thought we were in control. How many of you know God has a way of showing, the, showing you that you're not in control of your life? Amen. And so we're, we're carrying all this emotional junk in our life. We're just rehearsing. It's regret. It's, it's self-pity. It's uh, bitterness. It's unforgiveness. It's, it's anger. It's all, all these things, and we're just rehearsing it. We're stuck you know, how do, we, how do we get out of that? You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah and this passage, this is what Jesus quoted. In Luke chapter four, it says he, he came from um, Nazareth and he went into a synagogue and they handed him the book and he opened up the book and he began to read. This is the passage, he quoted Isaiah 61. He, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Look, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to those who are bound. And you know what Jesus said? Today, this is fulfilled in your, in your hearing. That's Jesus. That's what he came to do is to set us free. That's what his anointing does. It sets us free. Jesus comes and he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That's Jesus. He's the healer. And so when you are going through a, a, a time and you're walking through this emotional baggage, listen, he can take it if we just give it to him. The down at the bottom of this scripture in verse three, it says this, he will give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And when I read this, it speaks of a transverse happening. An exchange is taking place. Beauty for ashes. Something that was burned in your life, something, something was burned up, but now it's beautiful. God takes it and makes it something beautiful. The oil of joy for mourning. Oil represents the Holy Spirit in the Bible. And so there's a time for grieving, there's a time for mourning, but the oil of joy comes in and he heals, he restores, and it, there's, it's a new season. Now it's a time of joy. And, and so it says this, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so there's just a heaviness on your life. You're going through this thing and it, it is, it's true. It's, it's what you're walking through, it's real. And people can even tell, man, you're just, you're carrying this thing. But the scripture says there's an anointing that can bring the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so now when people see you, they say, man, God has done something. There's something different about you. God has done something in your life. You, you know, I, I remember uh, several years ago, it was probably 15 years ago, I was, I was going through a difficult time. Someone in my family and I got into a bad argument. It was, it was really difficult. And uh, I came back, I was hurt really bad. I said things that I shouldn't. They said things they shouldn't, you know. And how many of you know it happens? 
It happens in life. Can I have an amen? Can we be real on Father's Day? You know, I said some, you know, and I prayed. I, I wish it didn't happen. I prayed and I was trying to, but I, it still happened. I said, God, why'd you allow this to happen? And so I, get, I got back to Jacksonville and I was carrying this, man, this spirit of heaviness, this emotional junk that I'm talking to you about. I was carrying it. I, I was wounded. I was hurt. And so I remember I needed to make a choice to forgive. I needed to make a, a choice to be whole. And so I came across a little prayer and I put it, I taped it in my Bible. I've had this Bible a lot of years, but here on the front page of my Bible, I taped this little prayer, right? And if you, if you want this prayer, I will email it to you. Seabrooks at celebration.org. For real, I'll email it to you. Seabrooks at celebration.org. Write it down and email me and I'll send you this prayer because I took this prayer and I made a little cassette tape of it and I played it in my truck on the way to work. And I just, it just says stuff like, God, I choose to forgive this person and I ask that you would bless them. And I, if there's any stored hurt in my heart, I ask that you would heal it. And when I look back on this experience, I, I thank you that it's not gonna have, have those emotions anymore, but it's, it's gonna be healed. And, and so I just, that's what it says, and I just began to pray it. And I remember going on my way to work one day and I, would, I was praying this, I was still carrying this stuff, and I remember realizing that that pain was gone, and it was the oil of joy for mourning. And you say, oh, Chris, I'm not so sure what your, what your happening works. Listen, it works, friend, because I remember driving in my truck, and I remember having this realization, man, something shifted inside of me. Something's healed, something's changed on the inside. And it was the Holy Spirit, he replaced the pain in the morning with joy. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Listen, there's an anointing to heal the brokenhearted. That's what Jesus, he said, today this is fulfilled. He came to bring healing to us. And so, listen, some of you today, when we started worship, you, you sensed the presence of God. So some of you, uh, on Father's Day, you know, you, you just need to get this made whole in your heart and your life. And you know who can do it? The Holy Spirit. Listen, if you, if you just call out to him, if you give it to him, he can take and bring healing to any heart, any hurts in our soul and in our hearts. And so how do we overcome regret? How do we get past this? The first way is that we break these past focus strongholds. The second way is that we practice thankfulness and we concentrate on serving. The scripture says in um, Thessalonians, Paul said this, he said, in everything give thanks for this is the will of God for in Christ Jesus for you. What's God's will? I want to know what God's will is. It's to be thankful. The third way is that we can give him all of our hurt and pain and, and let that exchange, that transfer that only, I believe it can take place with the healing power of the Holy Spirit. Right there in Isaiah 61. Let him, let him take and heal that and put joy where there's mourning. And the fourth way that we overcome regret is that we acknowledge that God is in control. Listen, we're going through this this thing in our life, this season in our life, sometimes we forget to be thankful, but you know what else we forget? 
we forget that God's in control. Let me ask you a question today. Do you really believe he's in control of your life? Do you really believe that he sees the end from the beginning and that all of this that happened, he's still on the throne? Listen, if you believe that, it can do something inside your heart. If you really believe that, you'll have faith for the future because he's still there. He hasn't forgot, he hasn't given up. And so think of Paul. And so here he was persecuting God's church. He has this encounter with Jesus. He becomes a great apostle. He, he writes two thirds of the New Testament. Can you see the providence of God in his life? Amazing, right? Who would have ever, who, who, he could have never seen that, right? Listen, we don't really understand where God's providence and our responsibility intersect. You say, I don't know why I am where I am today. I don't know why this happened. God, why did you allow this to happen in my life? Come on, anyone? Why did you allow this to happen to this person of all people? God, how about this? God, why did I move here? Why did I buy this house? Why did I take this job? Why did I say that? Why didn't I do this when I had the chance? That's regret. Listen, we don't know why. That's, that's regret. I mean, I, I think of Peter in the Bible. The Lord said, you're gonna deny me. And Peter said, even if I have to die, I won't deny you. But the Bible says, when the rooster crowed three times, the Lord looked at him. That's regret, friend, because the scripture says when Peter thought about it, he wept. He could have been saying, why did I deny the Lord? <laughs> he even told me. That's regret, but you know what happened to Peter? The Lord restored him. He preached on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 added to the church in a day. Great apostle wrote two books of the Bible. So here's the principle. Get this, here's the principle. We make mistakes in life. How many of you know Christians make mistakes? How many of you know dads make mistakes? Dad said the wrong thing sometimes. We get mad about stuff. We say things we shouldn't. Moms make mistakes. How many of you know teenagers every once in a while will make a mistake? <laughs> Here's the principle. People make mistakes throughout the whole Bible. They get off track. Unlikely saints, Paul, Peter, David, Moses, Abraham, they, they make wrong choices, but here's the principle. God will allow us to make mistakes, but he will rescue us from our mistakes and redeem them for his glory if we don't give up. Amen. Okay, so this, this if you don't get anything from this message, get this scripture, okay? Paul, he has this encounter with God with Jesus, right? 25 years later, he's in on house arrest and he writes these words. He says, I do not count myself to have apprehended. What is Paul saying? He's saying, I don't understand everything. I don't know why this happened. I'm sitting in a, a, on house arrest. I thought I was supposed to go to Jerusalem. I thought I was supposed to do this for, instead I'm in a prison. He says, I don't understand everything. We don't understand stuff. We're not called to understand. We're just called to worship. We're just called to let it go and just to keep worship. Paul says this, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But what does he say? This one 
everything I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying? What is he saying? I don't understand everything. I don't understand why this happened, but I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. I don't know why I lost my job. I don't understand, but I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. I don't know why this person did this to me, but I, you know what? I'm just gonna forgive and I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. Come on, y'all, I'm preaching now. I don't know why I ended up here, but I'm just gonna keep moving forward in God. Why? Because I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. Is it a backward call? Am I going backwards or is it moving forward? I'm pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call. New vision, new season, new things. Behold, I do a new thing, says Lord. It shall spring forth. Shall you not perceive it? I'm making a new way. He says this, I don't understand everything, but I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. You want some good theology? Keep moving forward in God. I don't have the answers. I don't know why, but I'm gonna keep moving forward with Him. I'm gonna keep living for Him. I'm gonna keep my faith and my trust in Him. I don't know why. You want good pastoral counseling? I don't understand, but I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. Amen. I don't know why, I don't understand, but this one thing I do, I'm gonna forget and I'm gonna reach and I'm gonna keep moving forward in God. Come on, let's all stand to our feet. And I wanna pray for you. Maybe you'd say, that's me, Pastor Chris. I, I wanna, I, I need to, this exchange to happen in my life. I need to, I just need to break out. I need a breakthrough in my life. On Father's Day, come on, close your eyes, bow your heads. Maybe you just wanna lift your hands up. I'm gonna turn it over to the campuses now. You guys can close out in prayer, but here at the arena, come on, close your eyes. Maybe you just wanna lift your hands. I just believe that God wants to do something in your heart today. You say, that's me. I just need to exchange to take place. I need a breakthrough in my life. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over everyone here. Those watching online, I just pray right now for an exchange to take place. I pray right now for the oil of joy to replace that morning, right now, that season will change. I just pray, I speak to those places in hearts that need healing right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that you heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. That's the anointing of Jesus. God, right now, we just thank you for healing to come. I pray for fresh, fresh vision to come. God, new, new ideas, new, a new thing. I thank you that you see the end from the beginning and you would give us a glimpse of our, our future. Being married, new opportunities, having children, new ministry opportunities, new business ventures, God. I just pray new goals, new relationships, God. I pray you'd breathe it into our hearts right now. Uh, an upward call vision for the future right now in the name of Jesus. God, is there any, if there's anyone here and you say, Pastor Chris, I just need a fresh start with God. I just wanna lead you in a prayer. You say, I came in today, I sense God's presence on Father's Day and I just, I need a fresh start. I wanna begin a walk with God. Raise your hand all over this place. Amen, anyone else? I see those hands, anyone else? Amen, you can put them down. I wanna pray for you. So just follow me in this prayer. Father, we just thank you that you love us that you're a loving father, you're the best father that we could ever have. 
and we just turn away from our old, old life living for ourselves, and we turn to you. We thank you for forgiving us of all of our sins, giving us a fresh start, making us a new creation in you today. And just like Paul on the road to Damascus, we say, God, that we surrender to you. We say, Lord, we'll do whatever you want. And we just choose to place our faith and our trust and to follow you, Jesus, with all of our hearts. In your name we pray, amen. Come on, let's put our hands together for God. Happy Father's Day, guys. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.